Welcome to Investing, Earning, Living podcast. Your hosts, Marika and Marek, who went from nothing to multimillionaires in their early 30s, will show you how you can invest more, earn more, and live more. How you can go from zero to a multimillionaire through strategizing, diversifying, and increasing your earning potential. Invest more, earn more, live more. So, hello, Matt. Um, Welcome on my show, uh, Investing and Living Podcast. And for all listeners who don't know about Matt, Matt is a multimillionaire, a multi-business owner and a fabulous uh, entrepreneur. Uh, and he did not have it easy in his life as well. Uh, welcome, Matt. How are you? Very well, mate. Very well. How about yourself? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest in my uh, podcast. Uh, so, Matt, tell tell us for your journey. Um, tell us about yourself. What are you doing at the moment? Uh, what are your tough moments? And how did you get to have multiple uh, businesses? And then I will take it from there. Okay, yeah. So thanks for having me anyway. Um, so a little bit about myself, I suppose, really started from a kind of young age where I was, um, I think I've always been a little bit business-minded, entrepreneurial. Um, I remember when I was about, I must have been about seven or 10. And uh, I remember, yes, I went door to door selling sweets with my friends to um, little old ladies because I thought, you know what, they'll they'll buy off me. I'm young, we'll sell, you know, five sweets for a pound. And he was getting them, you know, for nothing because, his dad worked for one of the uh, big firms, like big sweet firms. So we started at like very young age. So I kind of uh, always had that sort of mindset. Uh, always had a lot of paper rounds as well. As soon as I was at the age, I was like, right, I, I think I had about seven paper rounds, um, you know, and then that went on to as soon as I could work, I would, I, I got a job in sports world, I think it was, um, and went straight to college. So I was always kind of, I always knew what I wanted to do. And that was, the, and that's always the key thing. I think is having a clear mind, and I always kind of had that. Of like, right, I'm going to make that decision. That's what I'm going to do, and I'm just going to go full in, you know. And from a young age, I kind of always had that. I think looking back, you know, at the time you don't realise because you're young, but in hindsight, you look back and you go, actually, that was a, a behaviour that I've always had since I was a young age. So. Yeah, so I left school. I, I knew straight away what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into construction. So uh, I went straight to college, learned carpentry. I studied that for three years at college, as well as having an apprenticeship. So I was working on site, you know, loved it. I, I, you know, I still like doing a bit now every now and then at home. Uh, obviously, I don't do as much now. But uh, yeah, I was I mean, I was a carpenter for 16 years. And uh, like I said, I mean, done, done really well with it, um, run big, big projects, run small projects, teams, um, conversions, extensions. Um, and it was the conversions actually that got me into the property initially. 
Uh, I was doing a lot of conversions from, you know, the typical Victorian terrace property, uh, three bedroom into, say, a five, six bedroom HMO. And at the time, I thought, well, what's it like? Why, why am I doing this? This is like a blueprint for a developer locally. And I could see them consistently keep doing this. And I was renting it out to students. And so I started asking a few questions and taking note of, you know, what he was renting out the rooms for, what he was actually doing. Um, and I thought, well, I actually know how to, you know, convert one of these houses. I'm doing it on a day-to-day basis for somebody else. So I was like, right, okay, all I need to do is buy a three-bedroom terrace house in the town centre and then uh, do the work, put it into rooms and rent it out. You know, I didn't know anything else. There wasn't, I wasn't really um you know clued up about the rules the regulations or anything like that i just knew that he was making money off of doing that and i i I roughly worked the numbers and i thought you know what i'm just going to give it a go so that's what i did um and that kind of give me a step into i would say the property um the real property investing in a way um because prior to that you know i bought my own house that i was living in and i'd rented rooms out on that so obviously i was i was living rent free and making money um but to me that wasn't really property investing so to speak it didn't really give me um for me it was just a living landlord renting out rooms it just just made sense to me but when i stepped into the kind of uh hmo arena so to speak that was when things started to change for me i thought actually you know i got that got it took a lot longer than what it should have because i made the the schoolboy error at the start of thinking well i i know how to do this i'll do most of the work myself so it took a lot longer to kick the actual property out and get it up to uh, a rentable stage rather than actually outsourcing where i should have and could have because that ultimately would have finished the project sooner and I would have been able to get the rent in sooner, you know, but these are lessons and, and, and it was something that you don't know what you don't know. And at the time, that's what I thought I needed to do. Got it done. Long term, it worked out, worked out fantastically. So that, that was the first step that I got into uh, property off the back of that you know i was like right okay this works this is a this is a great model so i need to need to do this again um and around that same sort of time i started looking into education getting educated i think i'd come across um i'd read actually rich dad poor dad um i'd read the secret those were the two first books that i ever read so the secret first so that opened my mind up to uh i suppose law of attraction and positive thinking so to speak um very much like the bible for most people isn't it it's like the start book you know um and and then yeah so and then i read rich dad poor dad and i thought okay this is this is interesting this is a complete different different world um completely different to what I've, I've always known and what i thought property investing was about um and then an advert popped up rich dad poor dad advert somebody was uh, speaking to do with his training somewhere so i went along to that um you know i suppose a short short version of a long story you know i t- took some training got educated in the way that um you know has helped me moving forward so and then I replicated the HMO model. Uh, done that over and over again. Um, sold some, kept some, and um, you know it was it was working really really well. Um, and then actually the, the the pivotal point, 
the, the big pivotal point was actually when my dad passed away. And that was around 2012, towards the end of 2012, July 20, uh, 2012. And, um, you know, that really changed my mindset. Up to that point, you know, I was carpenter, I was having a great time. I was earning, earning good money working with all my friends on site. And, uh, you know, I was partying a lot. That was kind of my lifestyle. And don't get me wrong, I had a fantastic, you know, um, run-ins. Um, but I realised when my dad passed away that things needed to change. I needed to grow up in my own head. I thought, do you know what? I need to grow up. I need to take life a bit more seriously now. I need to be there for my mum. And I need to, you know, start creating a lifestyle long term. Um, so that really kind of got me committed into the um property world so to speak and i started thinking right at the minute i'm working on site and i am working for the people that are doing the developments doing the conversions making a lot of money so they was the other side of the fence and i thought well not that i hate what i'm doing but i want to be the other side of the fence you know i want the projects i want the houses etc so i started naturally kind of moving towards that anyway but you know like i say the pivotal point was um you know when when dad passed away and uh you know you often say things like that happen and they do change you um you know in your life at that at that moment in time if it's something significant um so that that happened um moved moved on from the carpentry into the property investing you know i've got enough um income coming in residual income coming in which you know technically i was financially free um and then i decided to set up an estate agency so um set up a, an estate agency with my partner at the time and um you know if anyone's ever set up an estate agency or a lettings agency, you know, it's a slow burner at first. It is a slow burner. It takes time. You've got to look at the long-term plan. And I think this is the, this is the thing that a lot of people get into um, property education or any kind of um, education that they think is going to better their life. A lot of the time, uh, and it's no fault of their own, a lot of the adverts is get rich quick kind of scheme and you know you can become this millionaire within six months etc because they're like the the selling points but the reality is you need to look at every single business whether that be property whether that be a state agency whether that be an amazon business whatever it may be um as a long-term plan as a long-term business because then you know you when things pop up you know, you deal with it in more of a professional, logical manner. Um, so anyway, so we set up the estate agency, knowing it was a long-term um, plan, but also a slow burner. Um, but at the same time, as obviously I, I got educated. So I kind of knew that there was also um, a market for property sourcing. So I thought, okay, how can I quickly earn cash flow or lumps of cash that, you know, uh, supporting the agency, able to invest into the agency so that, you know, we can build that, you know, because it, it, there's a cost dealing with any agency. Um, so that's what I started doing. Started heavily sourcing, you know, and, and if you don't know what sourcing is, it's it's pretty much simplifying it. You're finding a property that can, that either blow market value or can have you can do work to it to add value um or you're securing it on a creative method which could be 
that um, it can be rented out for more. So like a rent to rent scenario or lease option where you're securing it to purchase at a later date. Um, and then you're renting out in the meantime. And, you know, so th- these are a little bit more creative strategies. So we won't go, I suppose, too much into them. But these are the sort of things that I was sourcing for investors. So I was finding them, securing them under contract and then selling that contract to somebody that wanted it. And, um, you know, that brought in cash very, very quickly. You know, you could secure something one day, the very same day you could have it sold if you've got the right right database there. And, you know, typically between three, five thousand is thousand pounds is probably the the kind of average sourcing fee. So very quickly you built that up, got the momentum, um, you know, had a team um, working for me doing that as well. And then, um, you know, that was very kind of um, important at that stage because it really kind of, um, you know, kept the whole business and the, the dream possible because we needed that money to, to put into to the agency and help that grow. And also, you know, that was able to run through the agency. So we become a little bit more of a creative, not your traditional estate agency or letting agency. Um that spiraled onto rent to rent as well. So we realised that some landlords um, had properties that you know they didn't enjoy being a landlord, or they was making very very small amounts. But we know that we could potentially rent it out for more. And whether that be take the house and convert it into a HMO, so we rent it out by the rooms. Again, three bedroom house, end up renting it room by room. So there's five bedrooms. Um, but we were still giving them the amount that was the market rent as a family let. So the difference we kept um, and also apartments. So apartments was quite a big one. We started going into serviced accommodation, um, again, giving a landlord a guaranteed rent um, and then renting it out for more because we were charging it by the night. And at that point, there wasn't actually any, as far as I know, any serviced accommodation training out there. I mean, there's hell of a lot now, but at the time uh, when I first started, there wasn't. And so we kind of learned on the job, got an apartment, realized that it worked. And again, replicated that, repeated it. It was the blueprint it was like, right, this is how we're going to furnish it. This is the systems we're going to put in place. And yeah, there was challenges along the way. There was ups, there was downs, but consistently it seemed to work. So um, that kind of spiraled into that as well. So we had the service accommodation, the agency, you know, the sourcing going on and obviously personal I- investments as well. So that's kind of brought me, I suppose, up to the, 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 the stage of that. Um, I don't know if you want me to go into the, the sale of the agency now. I know obviously you, you, you said that you may mention that later on. Yeah, so um, thank you for that. That's great. Uh, you put quite good insight of your life. Um, question from me is, when did you accelerate? Well, what changed significantly in, in, in your journey? Was it your dad that passed away or, or the sort of self-education, the mindset? So my question is, when did you accelerate your wealth to become multimillionaire? And how would you start for, from beginning now, knowing what you know now? Okay, yeah, so good questions. I mean, I would say what gave me the fire was when my dad passed. That was 100%. That gave me the fire. That completely changed me. And um, that was that was definitely the, the point where it kind of, something clicked in my head. 
Um, the, the second point, and equally as important, was um, when had child, so when had Hudson, that was give me that extra right okay this is a, a real reason as well to do this this is one to leave a legacy two to show to show him what can be done you know long term he sees what can be done and also create that nice future for him for the family and um you know so they was probably the pivotal points education yes important um i think we can get caught up on too much education as well i think there is that you know and um you know, I, I see it quite a lot where people will go from course to course to course and not actually do something. And to be honest, you, you can't. There's always going to be mistakes. There's always going to be failures, but they're not really failures. If you look at them as lessons, um, we're always going to get challenges along the way. It's it's inevitable. And but if you enjoy it and you 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 embrace them them failures or, or or challenges, however you want to word it, I would word it challenges um, because it's more of a positive way of um, you know wording it, so to speak. And um, you know just just enjoy the whole journey, but you've got to do it for the right reason. That's the biggest, the, the, the biggest thing is doing it for the right reason and, and not doing it because you've seen that somebody um, has made X amount from going on this property course or going on this Amazon course or whatever. It's got to be for the right reason. And people get the shiny, shiny object syndrome. And, um, you know, it's, it's just not about that. Um, but yeah, they was they was the pivotal points anyway. Was was my dad passing and and then Hudson being born. They was one hundred percent the the fire and and the reason. And don't get me wrong, the education is is so valuable as well. Um, you know, I've had a couple of really really great um, coaches, mentors along the way um, that really opened my eyes up to to things that uh, I didn't even realize you know and again it goes back to the you don't know what you don't know until somebody shows you why not seek out somebody that's been there that's done it that's made the mistakes that's not saying that you're not going to make mistakes because you will because everyone's journey is different everyone's circumstance is different but if you can learn from them and understand something like it just excels you you know it 100 just excels you and what would you change now, knowing what you know um, for the beginners? Let's say you started now. What what would you do different? Um, would I do anything different? I don't know. That's you know because everything served me. Everything you know, for even things that haven't worked, I've learned from them. So I wouldn't necessarily that I say that I would change too much i'd be probably more mindful of who i went into partnership with um that's, that's something important you you know that's something i've learned along the way but again you kind of learn that from from making mistakes and uh, there's nothing wrong with making the mistakes i think if anyone was wanting to get into property um and like i say they've got to want to get into property investing um for the right reasons and uh, people have many different reasons, you know, and I find people just generally love property. Um, some people just want that long-term, their asset that's going to 
you know, pretty much be a pension. Um, you got you got many reasons. People want to build this massive le- legacy. The, um, it can be a bit of an ego thing at times. I do find some people do it because they want, you know, they want to be able to say they've got X amount of properties, but you know, it's not going to fulfil you long term. It's got to be a. It's got to be, you know, um, if you're not interested in property, it needs to be looked at. It's a vehicle to do what I actually want to do. Uh, you know, so. If somebody was just starting, they generally did want to get into property. I would say the most important thing is to learn how to source property, because even if you end up getting deals from somebody else, you need to understand what you're buying, why you're buying it, where you're buying it. The numbers so so important, um, and you need to be able to do your own due diligence, one hundred percent. And that's how I feel is probably the biggest skill within property is sourcing. Like it's it's the kind of foundations, it's fundamentals, and it doesn't mean that you have to go out and you have to source all your own deals, um, but it's it's definitely a fundamental part. And um, you know, and, and I think. If you were starting out, you had no money, then I would say, you know, learn how to source, how to find properties, why you're finding them, learn, you know, uh, the numbers and decide on the strategy or at least have an idea of the various strategies. So if you're if you you are dealing with a vendor, whether that be a seller or a landlord, you're able to actually give them more than just one option because it's never one size fits all. You may speak to a landlord that's that thinking that they they're just going to rent it out and next thing you know you've offered these different solutions you've secured it on a, a lease option you may have actually just bought it for below market value um or you might be taking it on on a rent to rent you know so sometimes when you've got that knowledge on the different strategies it just goes in your favor because you're able to provide options and you become a problem solver rather than somebody that's just making an offer, you know? So anyone that starts now, I would say, you know, learn how to source properties and, and, and don't, don't get caught up that, you know, you need to be um, this top sourcer within a month, you know, look at it long-term plan and um, just, you know, take your time and make sure you, you get it right rather than, rather than, um, you know, trying to rush things, getting frustrated. And then when it doesn't work out, that's when you lose interest and you look at something else. Great, great. And as you mentioned options, so you've started with property, but I know as you are a great friend of mine, you are an expert on lease options, on rent to rent, rent to buy. How did you get into that? Because you are my sort of uh, mentor when it comes to, you know, lease options and stuff like that. You are my guy go to, uh, to find out all the secrets. So how did you get into that then? Um, so lease options are, you know, I, I love lease options. I think there's so much that you can do with them. Um, I did get trained on them. That was part of, um, you know, my training. Uh, and it, it's funny, I got trained off of uh, one person in a certain way. And then I got trained off of somebody else in a different way and I kind of molded them together to to create my own sort of, um, I suppose, Different. way. Yeah, because the thing with lease options is they're pretty much a, a blank canvas, um, you know. The, and it is ne- you you tailor it to that specific deal. It's never one size fits all. Um, but essentially, you're agreeing to buy a property at a later date. 
Um, and there's many different reasons that, um, or many different scenarios and reasons why you may want to do that and why the vendor, landlord, um, seller may want to do that as well. And it has to be a win-win situation, you know, and, and lease options can um, provide that at times. So um, like I say, I mean, I got educated by a, a various couple of people and then molded that into my own and, you know, learn a lot on the job as well. You know, and I think what that's would be, what would be the simplest structure of a simplest lease option as an example. As an example, not, uh, not many people listening know what is lease option. So if you just uh, could give us a golden nugget on the lease option, how would you simply structure lease option? And I know you need to educate yourself and it's a longer journey, but just yeah. you could simplify it for the listeners. Uh, so that at least at least they get the idea that there are different creative ways of getting into properties as well. Yes, definitely. So I'll give you a, a, a live example, really. So um, sent out marketing to an area of, um, you know, looking for deals, people that are looking to sell. So I sent out letters to people that are on the market, had been on the market for quite some time. I got a call off of a guy. Um, he'd been on the market for quite some time, tried to sell it, tried to sell it through auction, couldn't sell it. Uh, he was in negative equity. So negative equity means that they've got a higher mortgage than what the actual properties were worth. So he just couldn't sell it because he couldn't sell it for the amount that he needed to clear the debt. So that's why it sat on the market for so long. But he moved away from the area with work. So, and it, the property wasn't in great condition. It wasn't in great condition. So it, he couldn't sell it and he couldn't rent it out and he didn't have the money to rent it out. So he was very much stuck. Um, he was struggling to pay the mortgages. Uh, well, the mortgage, um, and he actually had a loan on it as well. Um, but, you know, it was a situation where he, he was stuck. So I spoke to him and said, look, you know, this particular uh, situation, you know, a, a cash offer is not going to work for you because if I'm offering you a cash offer, there needs to be equity built in. So, you know, if the value is 100,000, I'm going to be offering you, say, 70, 75,000. Um, I mean, if your property needs work, then it's going to be even less. That's not going to work for you. However, I could offer to buy this property at a later date with the view that the market's going to go up over time. And then I'll be able to clear your debt at a later date. And during that time, I would take on the property, take on the cost of the property, pay your mortgage, pay the loan, and um, do any work that needs. Uh, doing to the property, um, but and I will benefit from any cash flow. I mean, he literally just wanted to throw the keys at me. He was like, "If you can do that, then fantastic, just take it." Because um, he was in a situation where there was no other options and no one else was offering that option. Because there's not actually that many people. Um, I mean, there's more people now, but not um, loads of people throughout the UK that actually offer lease options so um you know for him it was a it was a no-brainer for me it was the only way that i could help him um it was the only way that i could get a deal out of it so um secured that on a lease option and like i say it did need work doing to it however what i did do 
is then I advertised for a tenant buyer. So I so I structured it as a rent to rent, uh, sorry, rent to buy uh, deal. And uh, what that means is somebody that wants to buy a property, um, but they perhaps can't get a mortgage, um, they would go into the property with the view that they would purchase it at a later date. So I was kind of sat in the middle. So I hadn't bought the property, uh, but I'd got the rights to buy the property. So I'd got it all under contract via the solicitors. It's so important to get everything done by a specialist solicitor that understands lease options. Um, so this particular deal, um, like I say, we'd got it under contract. Then I found uh, a tenant that wanted to buy and not actually rent, but they couldn't get a mortgage at that time. So they went into the property and it just so happens it was a builder. And um, he said, look, I will do the work um, on the property. It's no, no problem. And I, I want to move in straight away. So we've got the contracts done for that one in particular very, very quickly. Um, they paid an upfront fee as well, um, you know, almost committing into buying the property uh, at a later date. And, uh, you know, he's been fantastic. Still got that property now. He's, he's been brilliant. You know, he's pretty much done a full refurb on the property himself. Um, Funnily enough, I haven't ever actually viewed that property. I've never been there myself. So I've I've seen people within the area, you know, I've outsourced um, going to check the property, but I've never actually been to it. So that was one thing, one of the things that, um, you know, I was always quite, um, I suppose, Passionate, not passionate, but um, I can't think of the word now. So it was, it was, it was a proud, proud moment in your property journey, I would say. Yeah, it's you know it's 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 the type of it's the type of deal that you know um, really really you come into your own when you've got creative ways of structuring deals uh, when you're educated and, and when you understand these strategies it really is a way in which you can help people you know have managed to help the seller get a solution managed to help somebody that didn't want to rent but they couldn't get a mortgage, go into a property, they feel like it's their own um, and never have to do anything, never have to, you know, look at the property, he'll send me, sorry, he'll send me um, photos, um, you know, rent's always paid on time, never any issues. And, you know, it, it, it really was a really good, it was a win-win-win situation. Right, and, right. Um, so it was an aha moment. It was, yes, yeah, yeah. It was like prime example of, you know, how... When you know what you're doing, you're able to really kind of uh, provide solutions to everyone. Great, great. And then um, you mentioned you recently just sold your business, which um, was very quite famous in Northampton mm-hmm. and very successful. Um, I know you for, for many years now, but uh, what made you decide to sell the business as it was profitable? Um, I know you personally as well, so I know how well the business did. Why did you sell it and why did you move to new projects? Quite simply, is uh, what I found is that my business partner that I was uh, within the business with, um, I mean, she was working more so um, within the business. And um, what, we, what we wanted to do is actually start franchising. So I said, right, okay, we've got great brand here. Um, we've got, got this is working fantastically, um, but to open other, other branches, um, what you tend to find is, is taking on staff and um, maintaining that staff 
You know, if anyone's ever owned a business, you know, staff is often your biggest headache um, because it takes a certain type of person to be able to man manage, to motivate. Every single person is motivated by something differently. So it's kind of managing everyone's expectations, everyone's happiness, understanding their personal circumstances that are going on at the time. And, you know, we, we, we identified that and we thought, right, okay, how can we um, be successful going into different areas um, and still keep that level of, I suppose, um, personal management, um, we're just not going to be able to do it. Um, and yes, we can get people on, but, you know, during business, people people move, you know, and especially with the estate agency, you get a lot of young people come into um, sales, they come into estate agency, they, they do it for a while, and then they move on. You know, you get a lot of estate agents that actually jump from agency to agency to agency. Um, so it was like, right, okay, if we wanted to go into other areas, the best way would be to franchise him because people that um, will be taking over the franchise, um, they they got a registered interest. You know, they're buying into the systems, the branding, and I found it probably the it would be the quickest way to expand with less risk, so to speak, less outlay, um, and you're kind of almost joint venturing with other entrepreneurs. That, to me, just, I thought, fantastic. You know, this this is the one. Um, at the time, Northampton, you know, that was that was our, our, our main main branch that was that was the one that people knew although we operated nationally and um, so that's how a lot of people within the property industry kind of knew the brand they knew um, about the agency and certain people would would leverage that agency as well uh, other uh, property sources etc and work with us um, but uh, like I say there was a lot of time still being input into that agency so well, why don't we just uh, franchise this one? Why don't we franchise actually Northampton? It's all set up it's, it, for somebody to come in and take it over. You know, again, you're bringing in an entrepreneur. They're committing to it. Why not? So that's what we did. You know, we we we, we got it. We got somebody to come in, the right person, fantastic people uh, that took on the agency. And that was it. I mean, personal circumstances, and I won't go into that too much. Um, you know, as you know, I ended up stepping away. So once that um, buyer was in place, um, you know, I actually stepped away from the agency and the service to, and service accommodation, just personal reasons. Um, and that led me on to, and that, that kind of freed up a lot of time for me. And um, don't get me wrong. There was times because the agency and the service accommodation is a big part of my life for sort of six, six, seven years, really. And um, yes, I've always had other stuff going on, but it was still a lot of my, I suppose, brain, brain space, so to speak. So actually, once it did kind of come to an end that, it was very much, um, I felt like, there was a period where I was like, okay, I've got a lot of time on my hands now. And, you know, at times felt a bit lost because I was, because there was such a big part of my life. Um, and that was a time where, you know, I had a lot of changes going on in personal life as well. So it, um, it, <laughs> and actually it happened around the same sort of time or just before 
um, you know, COVID kicked in. So we had the whole lockdown and, um, you know, I spent, spent a good, you know, probably six months of solid working on myself and getting in, in, in the best place and uh, working out exactly what I want to focus on going forward, um, you know, and really kind of drive um, myself into the point of, right, okay, what's the next, you know, journey? What's the next step? in the real kind of um, Matman's journey, so to speak. And, um, you know, that's, that's exactly what, what I've done and what I've been working on. And uh, now we well, I, I mean, I'd set up actually a um, sourcing software back in the day because I used to do a lot of sourcing and sending out a lot of direct mail. And uh, I had a virtual assistant that would used to do a lot of the, lot of the work um, and then send out bulk mailing. And uh, I very quickly realized that actually, if I had a system that pretty much done all of that for me, then there's no need to manage a virtual assistant. There's no need for me to do, do as much work as I'm doing. So it's very much kind of leveraged and automated a big part of the business got the uh, software sorted, got it created and realized as well, actually, this could be, this could help other people. So why not sell this on a subscription basis and let other people benefit from this? So then a whole business got created from that. So I suppose once again, the, the entrepreneurial sort of mindset and spirit kicked in was like, there's an opportunity here and actually, I want a need in the market for sourcing software that can be used for estate agents. You know, estate agents can use it as well. And also property professionals, i.e. sourcing agents, uh, deal packages, whatever we want to label it, um, they can use it as well. And, um, you know, that's that's something that um, I'm also focusing on now. We've had a massive rebrand, a massive uh, sort of relaunch brought you know the fantastic teams in together and what we've got in the pipeline um for is it is very very special and it's very very affordable as well so um you know it's it's a project that i'm very excited about as well moving forward great and is, is it a complete project is it launched yet is it live or are you still working yeah. on it it yeah, it's it is live. Yes, yes, yes. And um, you know, and, and and actually, you know, what I can do is, um, you know, I don't want to 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 kind of make it into a sales pitch, but um, you know, I know a lot of your listeners um, will be property um, interested in property, perhaps property sourcing as well. And so, what I can do, Marek, is I can send you, uh, you know, perhaps a, a promotion code to give your listeners. Um, that extra benefit if they did want to try try it out and um, you know give some extra discount off but I'll, I'll send that to you get that worked out and then um, I'll, I'll I'll leave that to you if you want to um, great offer yeah. that out to your listeners great yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people interested in, in the program and, and I'm sure they benefit from the from the discount as well okay so um we were talking about properties and business um, do you invest in any other investment strategy or wealth preservation do you do any wealth preservation i know you're multi-millionaire the cash flow is there you you are financially free but it's great to have a cash flow coming it's great to to be successful do you actually diversify your other investment strategies if yes what do you do and what would people want to hear from us is is um like I would say gold, forex, do you do any of the other ones that are not property related? 
I do. Yes, I do. And I, and I think it's important to diversify, um, definitely, because I don't think it's about f- spreading yourself too thinly, um, but I think it's good to diversify. And and I always look at anything that I do is, okay, how can I, how can I invest here or how can I do this without it taking up way too much of my time? I don't want to create a job. I'm not that type of person, you know, I don't want to, if I wanted a job, I would just go and get a job. You know, I've always wanted that freedom. Freedom is one of my biggest values. Um, and therefore everything I look at, I think, okay, um, how much time am I going to need to commit to this to make this work? Um, is this a, is this a, a good investment, long-term investment? Um, so yes, I have, uh, I mean, I've, I've invested quite a lot into cryptocurrency. Uh, I've got a lot of various different cryptos. Um, obviously most people have heard of, of Bitcoin. Naturally I've got Bitcoin, but also a lot of the other smaller, um, cryptocurrencies as well, which give you a higher, higher gain. So I mean, they obviously a bit higher risk, but I won't go into all of that. But I took a, a, a long period of time educating myself. And the good thing about actually um, crypto is you don't need to go on a course to learn about crypto. There's, there's so many free resources um, from crypto experts, uh, podcasts, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, um, just going on to if you see a crypto um, that you like or, or you're interested in, you can go onto their website. You can learn about what the technology is because the beauty of crypto is the fact that, you know, it's not just people that don't understand. And, and I know I was one of these people. I just thought, oh, it's cryptocurrency. It's a digital currency. Don't understand it. I've heard that, you know, it's only dodgy people that use Bitcoin and that's it. And, you know, again, you don't know what you don't know. And still I started learning about it. A lot of the actual technology around the blockchain and around the crypto is already being used in everyday life. But we didn't even realize, you know, there, there's technologies out there. Um, cryptos out there that being used going to be implemented for things like the voting system you know because of the speed that it can you know um make these decisions and and how they can trans the transaction of anything and um you know the speed in which it can do it and you know it's it's tamper tamper proof so there's so many different technologies and i won't go into that too much because i'm not exactly an expert in 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 the technologies but uh, i understand that the projects that i've invested in then yeah fantastic projects and um don't get me wrong you know um is there risk with it? Yes, there's risk with anything, but there's also risk with not doing anything. So um, crypto, yes, Forex. I mean, I've got people that, um, you know, I've got a, a company that I've, I basically give money to to invest for me in the Forex. Um, so just sit back again. I don't have to do anything for that. Um, I've also got involved with network marketing as well. Um I don't do too much that with that um, too much myself. Again, it's very residual income. Uh, obviously, I, I've let p- other people know what I'm doing, um, introduce them to that, and you know I get a residual income from that as well. So again, it's not time consuming, and and a lot of people, I suppose, look at network marketing and always think, oh, it's a scam, it's a Ponzi, it's you know don't do network marketing. It's, it's very much look, like frowned upon, um, but Actually, when you break it down, the reason why network marketing works is because it's a blueprint. 
you know, yes, there's some that don't work, but the, the, there's a lot that, that do. And um, again, it, it's a blueprint of, and all you've got to do is speak to people and say, you know, oh, I'm doing this, you know. Yeah. If, you, if you're interested, I'll send you more details. You haven't got to, you, you've pretty much created a business without the upfront costs or very, very minimal upfront costs. And all you're doing is telling your friends, family, and anyone else that, um, you know, say, oh, I'll send you some details. That's pretty much all you need to do. It's not, not, not too much. So, yeah, I've got the network marketing, the crypto, the Forex. Um, I also do a bit of uh, binary options trading, but I won't go into that too much. But I do that myself. I, you know, I really enjoy that. It's a really great way to compound. Um, but, I'm, you know, I won't go into that because it is high risk and, you know, it's, it's something that perhaps people haven't haven't heard of but uh yeah they're they're my main things now um have have i got gold and silver yes small amount um more so for hudson um that's his i don't i'm not interested in it um you know but uh again it's it's spreading your wealth isn't it having these having these assets that uh if they're not paying you cash flow monthly then they're going to pay you long term brilliant brilliant yeah i think that's what most uh, listeners would want to hear that you not just focus on property in business that you actually diversify and going back to MLM the multi-level network marketing you know um, it's not a bad thing uh, if, if it works it works and it's a risk well with every business you know you might invest in gold and silver it might drop in price tomorrow so whenever you invest and then, then how many people actually go on the market and, and, and play casinos and start losing hundreds <laughs> and thousands of pounds that instead of you know, at least risking to invest and and um, improve the future. So so great that you mentioned that. Okay, let's move on. So, um, what's what what's for Matt in in the next five five years? What's what's the plan for the next five years? How can you see yourself in five years time? Next five years, one hundred percent want to build on what I'm doing. The software is that is going to be global. You know, it's not just going to be the UK. It's going to go global. We structured it in such a great way that um, it, it can go global. You know, the, the, the whole system that's all built on is so sustainable. It can it can manage the whole volume. It can manage to uh, go global. So that's that, that's something that I want to do. The main thing is really, and uh, you know, for me, I want to show Hudson, my son, um, what, what can we do. I always want to set an example to him. Kids are always watching. You know, kids are always watching. They're always listening. To him, I'm his hero. You know, so I want to, you know, show him exactly what can be done, what it can be done and teach him little bits on the way. I mean, he's only six at the minute, but he already understands very small things, you know, about if you buy something for this, split it up and you can sell it individually, you're going to make this, you know. So we've kind of touched on things like that. And, um, you know, also he knows he's got the silver and he go gold. He knows it's valuable long term. He doesn't necessarily fully understand it but he knows that it's valuable and he doesn't play with it, you know? So um, to me, it's, it's showing Hudson building on what I'm already doing. And I want to help more people, you know, and, and people, I get more from helping somebody than, than, than actually achieving it myself. If I was able to, to, to help somebody achieve, I don't know, to, to secure a deal, they was able to get that deal over the line and sell it. And they was to get free grand in their bank. You know, if I was able to help them do that, I would get more out of that than what I would, if I was to do it myself, you know, and, and it's like, you know, people 
people often say things like that. Oh, they want to help others. They want to help others and all that lot. But, and, and sometimes you can think, oh yeah, but do you really, you know, what are you getting out of there? And it's very much a skeptical mindset. Um, you know, I've had it before and, and people would say, yeah, but why would you do that? If you're already successful, why do you need to show anyone? Why do you need to, you know, to, to help anyone else out? Well, when even even when you're a child, when you achieve something, what do you want to do? The first thing you want to do is go and tell people because you get a sense of achievement from sharing that. You almost get to relive that whole success once again. It's like you've achieved something and you want to tell people about it. So, you know, what what's wrong with doing that? What's wrong with sharing? And, and and that's so I want to help more people. I want to help more people. And yeah, you've got to value your time. And yes, you've got to be, you've got to charge for your time as well, you know, because you've got to value it. And if it's if it's too small, people don't value your time as well. So it's very much a um argument for both sides as well with, with regard to that. But definitely help more people, set an example for Hudson and, and build on what I'm already already doing. I'm enjoying the journey, you know, and like I say, I've got a lot of freedom um, at the same time. And, and, and that's, you know, again, it's one of my highest values. I'm able to drop Hudson to school. I'm able to pick him up from school. I'm able to go, do you know what, you know, th- this afternoon we're going to do this, you know, this morning we're going to do this. I'll take the dog out. I'll take the dog out during this. You know, I've got that freedom to be able to do it at the same time as knowing that I've got assets that are paying. I've got, you know, investments that are working. And I, I also enjoy, you know, what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. And that's yeah. the and that's the key. I enjoy every every kind of investment, any kind of asset, um, any kind of a business that I'm involved in. I, I enjoy it. So it doesn't feel like work. Brilliant. So we spoke about investments. We spoke about earning um abilities of your companies and your life how about your lifestyle your routine your mindset can you tell us a bit more about that yeah and it, that's a, that's a big one it is mindset because you use your mind all the time you use your mind you have to use your mind to decide when you eat you have to use your mind um when you want to have a wash you have to use your mind when you go to sleep you even when you're in sleep your mind is always getting used within business to make decisions using your mind you know and if your mind is not healthy and there's so many different reasons why it may not be healthy it could be diet it could be lack of exercise it could be um you know surrounding yourself with negative people negative situations and you know i don't like to say negative people too much because everyone's got a little bit of negativity in them in some ways and and it's not always it's not always, um, I suppose it's not always that person's fault or it's it's their circumstances at the time and everyone's got the right to moan about something that's happened in their life. And, you know, we, we can't be positive all the time, but if you find yourself in a toxic environment and somebody's not sitting right with you, they're in your life and they're just not, you feel like they're holding you back or they, they, you feel like they don't actually want you to achieve, then fortunately you need to get that ax out and just cut them off because it's going to free you. It's going to release you. So mindset is a massive thing for me. Every single day I work on my mindset. I'm up, I'll read, I'll meditate, I eat, eat fairly well, um, you know, and I'll exercise. So I'll always read, I'll listen to podcasts. Um, you know, I'm always learning. Every single day I want to learn as well. I'm kind of like, I suppose you could say I'm addicted to growth. I'm, I'm addicted to improving myself. Um, 
and being in the best place. And like I said, you know, um, the the start of last year, I spent about six months just literally improving myself, working on myself, getting the best place possible to be able to move forward. And I think that's so important um, is always to be in the best possible place that you can, given your circumstances, because life, there's always stuff that pops up. There's always challenges. Shit happens, you know, but it's not about dwelling on it. It's looking at it and going, okay, this has happened. What's the solution? And the only way you can you can make the best decision and find the best solution is if you're mentally you're in the right place. So I, you know, I have daily habits that I do every single morning and and every single evening, and it is it pretty much exactly what I just said. Brilliant. So so that's your daily routine. What how the, how your daily routine looks like? If you can just mention it quickly, uh, what's what's a must do everyday task for you? Must do is actually to take time for myself and, and, and sort of meditate. And I don't always necessarily sit there with my eyes closed and fully meditate. Sometimes I'll just sit there and just, just sort of be with myself and think. And, um, you know, as well is if you do that every single day, it becomes a habit. And then when you create a habit, it's very hard to break a habit. And then, you know, if you're creating good habits along the way, and at first it takes some time, you know, I think, I think what originally got me into it was the, um, is it, what's it called? The, the, the miracle morning, the miracle morning. So that got that, that book got me into, okay, I need to have this ritual in the morning and create this habit. And that's exactly what I've done. And it takes some time to create that habit. Don't beat yourself up if you don't, don't do it one day, but, um, also you've got to enjoy it. And after a while, once you surrender to the, to the um, circumstances, surrender to what you're trying to do and you kind of get into it and you're not frustrated by it, you enjoy it. You look forward to it. So, you know, I look forward to waking up, you know, when I wake up, I'll, I'll, I'll have that time where I'll meditate, I'll think to myself, you know, and then I'll write what I'm grateful for. Being grateful for what, what you've got at the moment, what you've achieved um, is so, so important. And, um, if you're ever feeling frustrated and, and, and thinking about, you know, what you want to achieve and, and it's not quite happening or that, like what you need to do is think about, okay, well, a year ago, who was the person that I was one year ago, two years ago, five years ago, disappreciate that person because that person has got me into this position right now where I'm looking forward to that next stage of my life. And then we start looking at, okay, if I want to achieve that, let's say I want to buy five properties um, within the next, I don't know, let's say two years. Let's say I want to buy five properties, starting fresh. Don't, don't go too crazy. I want to buy five properties, buy financially free within, you know, two years, 12 months, whatever it may be. Who do I need to become to achieve that? You know, because the person that you are today, um, it's, is it going to be the same person that gets you there? Do I need to be that confident person that gets out there and speaking to so many different people? Do I need, you know, who do you really break down? You know, what does that person look like? And then start, you know, focusing on that, becoming that person that um, you know is going to achieve um, what you want to achieve. So, again, it's, it's, it's looking at, if we go back to the whole uh, ritual that I, I know I went off there, but um, if we go back to the whole ritual every morning is, you know, I, I, I meditate, I do the gratitude, I do some exercise, I'll eat healthy, yeah, all these different things. I'll think about the day. 
it's sometimes a good brain dump as well. If you've got a lot going on in your brain, I'll just get a bit of paper and I'll just get a pen and I'll just write down whatever's in my head at that time, whatever it is. You can read that back and it won't make any sense, but it's not about reading it. It's about getting everything in your brain out and you feel like you've unloaded. And that's the key. And again, you're in that right place then. You really are. And then I'll do a bit of reading, you know, whatever book I've got at the time. I might only do a couple of pages, you know, but again, it's just that extra, you know, every single day, small little steps, learning, learning, learning. It's a positive. It's always like some kind of positive book or, um, you know, personal development growth book. And then I'll listen to podcasts as well. If I'm driving, I'll listen to podcasts, um, you know, unless I'm feeling in the mood for music because I'm very much a music guy. You know, I used to DJ when I was younger. Um, uh, I've still got debts now, but, um, you know, music's always been a big part of my life. And um, I think when you are quite auditory, like like myself, and uh, you are into music, you, you do get that buzz off of uh, cert- certain music and uh, that can really be, be, my, be my way of switching off and, and feeling good. Great, great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so what's, what's uh, Matt's lifestyle now and what's the legacy in future you want to leave? Because pretty much we established you can pretty much afford most of the things in life uh, that most people can't. But is there something you still want to achieve? And uh, is the legacy you want to leave? I know you mentioned Hudson, probably you want to be his best hero. But what's the legacy and what's the lifestyle you still want to get to? I mean, I suppose right now I want to travel more, you know. I want to travel more and I want Hudson to experience more, more traveling. Naturally, we haven't been able to travel for, you know, 12 months. So I suppose I've probably got that more, more in me now. And uh, like I said, I want to help more people. And, and, and that is it. I want, I want more and more people that I'm helping and with mindset as well. You know, one of the, one of the things that I'm quite, quite passionate about is helping guys I think a lot of guys don't, um, you know, feel comfortable with expressing any issues they've got on. You know, um, it's very much a male kind of um, mind mindset is, you know, we don't express emotions. We don't talk about our problems. We're a man. We're not allowed to. We, it's not acceptable. You know, when, it, when a child and it's, and it's a boy hurts himself, you know, it always would be, oh, you're right, dust yourself off, crack on girl falls over it's very much more like are you okay kind of thing yeah. that's a, that's how it always was when i was younger anyway and um you know i'm not saying that's right or wrong but things like that as you grow older you know men have always kind of had it in the head that you know they can't express themselves and and unfortunately men are suffering more now from mental health or it's becoming more apparent that men are suffering from mental health um than ever before so i would love to be um, you know, helping more more men out with, you know, create something where they can express themselves more, but also help them create, you know, long-term wealth, you know, show them, you know, the ways in which they could, they can, they can own assets, you know, how they can create side businesses, side hustles, whatever you want to label it, you know, and 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 really help improve more men's lives. Um, you know, so that that's something that I, I really want to achieve in the next sort of five years is help more and more people in in that way because um, you know, like I say, I'm you know I I've got a good life. I I enjoy my life, um, but 
there for Hudson, showing him more, taking him travelling and, and helping more people like that and probably specifically guys. And, and it's not saying that I wouldn't help women because I will, <laughs> you know, but uh, it's uh, that's that's one of the things that I can see at the moment that, um, you know, and I, and I do a fair few posts um, on social media, which will be around that mindset. And a lot of guys inbox me and they wouldn't ever comment, but they they'll inbox me and say, thanks for that. I really needed that today. Or I'm really struggling at the moment. And, and you know, we'll have a chat and manage to, um, you know, kind of uh, help them in some way. So uh, that to me, that's, you know, a massive sense of achievement. And that's what I like. So mainly it's a mental health for 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 guys that you want to sort of strive in and and help others. I mean, we've been through tough times now, so there there'll be a lot of people trying to reach out to you. When um, when would uh, be best for my listeners to reach out to you, and how can they reach out to you? Anytime, anytime. I I, I you know I'm very much. Uh... Transparent, very open book. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a friendly person, very sociable in that sense. Um, social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, message me, probably more Facebook. Um, you know, we I've got a team that manage the uh, social media, but they would always they would always uh, forward anything on to me. So, and like I say, I monitor it as well myself. But uh, social media is obviously the best best place, and it's just Matt Munns. That's that's my name. Uh, and I'm sure you'll put the links on anyway. Yeah, yeah, we will do. We will do. Thank you, Matt. And a uh, few more questions and we'll be done. Um, bit sort of, uh, I would say, quick fire round. Um, before that, entrepreneurs are made or born? Made. Made, great. That's what I always say. Um, and um, while we're talking about entrepreneurship and, uh, and the businesses, um so why do you think they are made because i think everyone's got the same opportunity everyone's born with choices some you can argue more than others but it's all about your circumstances um and what you make of your circumstances um you know born everyone's born with the same um, in the same world, the same opportunities, the same choices. Everyone's got, it doesn't matter who you are, what area you live, everyone's still got a mind and everyone's still got the ability to, to make a choice. And you hear success stories of people that have done really well and been in the gutter, and then also people that have done really, really well and come from a really great place. But you've also heard of stories that of people that have come from a really great place and have gone downhill and ended up in a real bad place. And, and, and the same for people who have been born in a real bad place and ended up worse, you know, so it doesn't matter. You can't make them excuses of, you know, well, I wasn't born into this or this is my circumstances. That's just a load of BS. So I think entrepreneurs are made and they're made along the way from their being mindful. And to be honest, anyone that's listening to your podcast, Marek, is going to have that entrepreneurial mindset because they wouldn't be listening to it if if they wasn't, you know. And so they're already on that path. They're already being made as we speak if they're not already. Great, great. Um, great, yeah. Um, I completely agree that they are made. Um, and what can you tell us about yourself that no one else knows? Can you share, uh, can you share a secret? Oh, I, 
somebody no one else knows i'm actually quite shy i suppose that's it that's that's one of the one of the things not not everyone knows i'm actually quite shy but i you know i can i can come onto a podcast and i can i can talk and you know i can go onto stage and be a certain person but um you know it, it, i'm actually quite shy if i was to go into you know and and, and i am it, it's funny it, it's i can kind of switch it but you know i i am quite shy and I, and I like my own time i like being on my own um, but anyway i can't really think off the top of my head um something that's you know really really interesting um most people you know i say i'm quite an open book and um you know most people know things about me <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> great great okay so quick fire round um and then we're gonna sort of head to finish the, this podcast so uh i'm gonna make quick questions you answer them how you want i'm gonna make them up i don't have anything written out i just want to make it fun for listeners um so mr mcmans uh vacation or staycation what do you mean traveling out of the country or staying in for holiday traveling out traveling out yeah. um motorbikes or cars both have their purpose i i haven't got a motorbike so i'll say cars okay. but don't get me wrong i want a motorbike i like motorbikes so um i'm gonna say cars because they're more functional but <laughs> and that's what i've got at the moment adrenaline junkie or staying safe adrenaline junkie okay uh clubs or house parties Oh, that's a tough one. Clubs. I've always been uh yeah, I've always been a bit of a raver. So I'm going to say clubs. Great, great. Uh long relationship or quick nights? A long relationship. I can't answer that quick nights, can I? Well, it's it's a <laughs> quick fire out. You know? I'm yeah. trying to get as much out of you as possible. catch me out. Yeah. No, long, long, long term. I'm, I'm very much a long term um you know i build relationships with people that's that's how i that's how i work you know social drinker or heavy drinker a social drinker okay brilliant and you believe in uh, networking or friendships what i mean is more business business friendship networking or or just friends um what i believe in or what what sorry say that question again yeah so the quick round uh, fire round the uh, question is preferably you prefer business partnerships or just friends oh it's very yeah this this a very tough question um it's not really black or white question is it um yeah the reason why i'm asking quite a lot of um, entrepreneurs and millionaires that I interview they 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 say we don't have friends we have business partners so the question is do you believe in one or you prefer both Oh no! It, it, I'm in business with somebody. Then you know, I have to. I have to like them. I have to. You know, anyone I come up like life's too short for me, for me personally. I get it, and I get why people will say, "Oh no, it's just business, and that's it." Um, but I think there's a time and a place place for that. But anyone that I get into business with, um, I've got to have, be able to have fun with them. You know, life's too short. If you're not having fun in business, you're not having fun. Then, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I only got to get in business for people that I like and um yeah yeah I would I would say anyone that's in my life uh, and is any any kind of um, closeness in business they're my friend and that's it you know 
I'm very much a, I'm a loyal person like that. Great, great. Now you've spoken about your global um, sourcing business. You can share uh, what's the name of it and and uh, and what's the next stage for that business. Yeah, so it's Pivro, Pivro, which is P-I-V-R-O uh, dot com. So that's 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 the software, um, and that's 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 what's going global. You know, it's not global yet, but it's going global. Great, and uh, is it only for landlords, um, property owners? Uh, estate agents, sources, or, or who is it for? Well, it's it's for estate agents and and sources, so property professional deal packages, um, or investors that want to find their own properties um, and don't want to use a sourcer. Um, it is the way it's evolving. It's going to be a hell of a lot of different property data. So, I mean, we have got users that are just using it for their own research property data they're not they're not using it as a marketing tool and um, they're not marketing out for it or anything like that they are just using it for for its stats and its data so it's um and, and it can be used by brokers you know it could be used by mortgage brokers it could be used by uh, removal companies so there's lots of different um, reasons and how it could be used so um you know it's 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 one of them you just got to check it out and if you like it you know, stick with it. If you don't, cancel it. <laughs> yeah, and for any discounts, they can they can contact investing and even podcast, and we'll give them the code to to go into your website and and get some discounts from it as well. Thank you, Matt. You've been a brilliant guest. Thank you, thank you again for for agreeing to being interviewed by myself. Um, thank you to all listeners that are listening. And on that note, um, the top keys for success from Matt Mons. Top keys. Um, I think for me, you've got to know what you want. So you've got to have a clear, clear decision, clear mind. Um, keep your mind strong. Mindset is is. If you haven't got that, then everything else is just going to be be a struggle. And commitment. Never give up. You know. Um, don't be afraid to fail. Because failing is just challenges, it's just lessons. So, um, you know, and, and if you don't give up, then you can't fail anyway. So um, don't worry, embrace, embrace the challenges, keep your mindset strong and be clear on what you want to achieve. And be grateful. Be grateful for everything. Be grateful for the past, the present, the future, challenges, everything. You know, then if you if you're grateful within that, then nothing, everything will just be ah, be like be like a zen, you know, be calm and, and you'll enjoy the journey. You've got to enjoy it. Brilliant. Thank you, Matt. Uh, on that bombshell. Um, thank you for being a guest and we'll end now. Brilliant. Thank you awesome. so much. All right. Cheers, Matt. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed the podcast, remember to like and subscribe on your platform of choice.